Good morning. Good, good, good morning. Welcome to Airline Baptist Church. So glad to see you here this morning on a beautiful Sunday morning. See a few new faces out there that I hadn't seen in a while. So excited to be here. I'm Clint, uh, one of the pastors here at Airline Baptist Church. And we are excited uh, this morning as we begin a, a new chapter, if you will, an exciting chapter here in this community where we feel God is really going to continue to do a work here in this community as we uh, have uh, welcomed our, our new pastor here this morning, his family. I know we've got a lot of guests here, but it is exciting times, and I'm, I'm so thankful that they're here. Uh, thankful they're getting moved in. I hope you are as well, and just looking forward to a great day. This is a, a really unique service today, and I really want you to pray about it and, and take it to heart. This installation service is a challenge to us and, and to our pastor as we uh, follow the call that God has given us here in this community and beyond. So we're excited about that. Uh, thankful to be here. I know that, that you're here. I know we have some visitors. There is, a, I think, a lot of the uh, greeters have tried to give you a, a visitor card as you came in. If you could fill that out and drop it in the offering box when you leave or one of our uh, ushers will be there at the end, please do that. We'd love to uh, get some information on you and just let us know that you're here uh, today. So we're going to begin with worship. We're going to pray first, and then we're just going to have an exciting time in the Lord's house. So if you would bow with me. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for loving us. Lord, the way you love us is so unimaginable for us to even comprehend how much you love us. And God, we're thankful for that. And God, we're thankful for this, this new season as we've, as we've already said here at Airline as, as our lead pastor, Zach, comes in, him and his beautiful family, and, and, and really just follow the call of God to bring them uh, back up here closer to home to see this as an opportunity, Lord, to be the hands and feet of Jesus here in this area. Uh, God, we love uh, his, his heart and wanting to lock arms uh, with one another here as this group of believers as we do uh, go into this community and beyond sharing the good news of your son Jesus Christ so God we thank you for that God we thank you for loving us we pray that you be with us today Lord move in hearts today as only you can God we're uh, excited but God we're more excited about what you're going to do so God we thank you we love you in Jesus name we pray amen amen good morning Let's stand together this morning as we sing together to his honor and to his glory, all right?
good on that. Hey, um, Rick, back that up one slide. I love those words right there. Come joy or come sorrow, whatever befalls, the light of the Savior will outshine them all. Amen. Can we speak that this morning? Amen. Whatever, whatever comes, the light, the strength, the joy that he can bring outshines far surpassing all of those things. Is that right? And it's because, why is it? Because he loves us so much. Amen. He's so concerned about everything in our life. First Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your anxieties, all your cares, all your burdens on him because he cares for you. Amen. Cares for us so very, very much. Take it to the Lord in prayer, right? Amen. Be seated, please. I got to figure out how to do this. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'm Chip Smith. Uh, I'm currently one of the uh, serving deacons here at Airline Baptist Church. 
And again, to echo what Clint's already done, I just want to welcome everybody here. Um, and I, I want to spend a few minutes just kind of talking to you about a journey, but Zach, first thing, she can really sing, and there's a really good chance that you outran your punt coverage at some point in time. <laughs> um, just want to kind of go on record saying that. Whitney, welcome. Um, my wife, Deborah, and I, um, most of you know Deborah, but much before you know me, for sure. Um, we, were, we, we dated and, and were married in this church in 1977. So to say that we have a little bit of an investment here at Airline is probably a, a, an understatement. Our kids were born here. Um, the kids that we were working with at the time picked their names. I mean, just, just things like that, guys. We're, we, we love this church. And... Um, and we're, we're just really, really heavily invested in it. And, you know, when you go through something like we've been through as a church over the past several months, um, there's a lot of folks that'll, that'll they'll reach out to you and they'll say, you know, we're praying for you. We're, we're, we're hoping things work out for you and all that. And I think that's sympathy, okay? Um, but to me, what's more important is what God teaches us to extend to one another, and that's compassion. And to me, compassion puts legs on sympathy. And I, I just want to share with you what has happened here over the past several months. Um, and just to assure you that we hadn't just floundered around and flopped around here. Um, automatically, as soon as, as soon as we found ourselves in a situation where we needed for people to rush in and work, um, obviously inside this church, our programs, it was important for our programs to keep on going. Um, all of the adult leaders that were working in our children's program, they stepped up, they stepped in, and they started taking control of things and, and organizing things and making sure that, that on a week-to-week -week basis we moved forward. Um, same thing with our youth. I mean, we recognize a Andrew, our youth pastor, he went back into the military about the same time right before um, all of this happened and recognized that we had a need here. Um, Taylor and, and, and Heather Welburn, they very graciously offered to come back in as our interim youth leaders until we could get a senior pastor here and, and, and he could kind of set up a more permanent thing. But again, people within the church, people who had love for this church, they rushed in. But what I think is really significant, guys, is immediately the churches, individuals and the churches in this area reached out to us and they said, what can we do? And then they put legs on it. Um, Chestnut Mountain Baptist Church, I, I can't say enough about what they did. And guys, I don't, I don't want to, you know, kind of gloss over other churches that reached in and, and reached out and offered help and that sort of thing. But um, Brian Hall and, and, and Jared Cagle, at Chestnut Mountain immediately, day one, reached out to us and said, what can we do? And then, you know, it wasn't just a few weeks later, they came in and the, and the folks at Chestnut Mountain, they put together a dinner for our leaders, for our families in the church. We had a time of prayer and they came and they served us and they ministered to us and, and they did that. And then Jared and, and Brian on a weekly basis for a couple of months early on, they came up here on Monday mornings and they led, you know, prayer time with, our, with our, anybody that wanted to show up. And they did that. But they didn't treat us like we were broken. Because the other thing that they did, and this, makes them, this, this means the most to me, is they reached out to us. They had a community event, and a lot of you know about this. They had a community event, downtown Gainesville. They reached out to us, and they said, we want you to come and partner with us and do this. 
And we went and, and we did it with, with uh, Chesa Mountain and some other churches. We went down and we ministered to people in the community and we worked. We stayed active. We stayed focused. We stayed moving forward. Um, the other thing, guys, I mean, you, you look at our worship service up here today. Um, it's kind of interesting. We, we've had people that along the way have just literally stepped in and said, what can we do to help lead worship? And they showed up. People like Dietrich Miller from First John's um, Baptist Church, he, he reached out and said, let me come and lead. And he brought a cast of thousands. And they came in and they led our worship service. And oh, by the way, pray for First John's because they just called their new pastor as well. And we want to make sure that we're, we're lifting them up the same way that we want to be lifted up. You know, but, um, but Dietrich and then Malachi Mills came in and Hotom came in and Casey Riles and Jason Chesters and others. And, and then even internally, our own folks stepped up and said, what can we do to lead worship? Our youth. I mean, I can't speak. I speak volumes about our youth. You know, you've got these kids back here playing on the instruments and, and singing and doing that. And everybody stepped in. And then... You know, from a leadership standpoint, immediately we were contacted by, by Levi Skipper and by Mark Marshall at the Georgia Baptist Association and, and basically the mission board. And they stepped in and they provided leadership and they provided some guidance. Levi even spent time with our search team early on to help them to kind of calibrate and get, get started. Um, they did that. But not only that, I mean, we had, in, we had folks internal. We had folks internal that helped to lead. Uh, Chase preached, Jason preached, Darren preached, Taylor preached. Zach, the good news is you got a lot of preachers in this church. The bad news is you got a lot of preachers in this church. <laughs> so you got to behave yourself. <clears throat> but they all helped to fill in in the pulpit. They did that. And then I would be really remiss if I didn't make a big deal out of this for the second time. You know how much I love you. Clint Fair, for the second time, looked at our situation and said, what can I do? Why? Because him, Michelle, their kids, they love this church, and more than that, they love this community, and they want to see this community well served. And Clint stepped in, and Clint basically, guys, he works a full-time job as our FCA leader, as the FCA leader in this region. That's a full-time job. He's got a lot of people that he supervises and has to maintain and manage on a regular basis. But he stepped in, and he ministered to us, and he delivered messages. And let me tell you something, and I can assure you this, Zach, every message, Clint's messages, Jason's, Darren's, Chase's, Taylor, every message was a message that was leading up to today. And my prayer for today, guys, has been that I can somehow or have found the words to express just how appreciative we are as a church for the compassion and the love that we've been shown over the past several months. But Clint, dude, you're our rock, and you have been, and we appreciate it. Um, we're going to do something for you, and we're going to force you to do something. Take some time and enjoy some time with your wife, okay? Michelle, that's a promise, okay? And we're going to take care of that. Um, but, guys, I just, I just want to say this morning how appreciative I am to the people in this church that stepped up and the people outside of this church that really stepped up. And wasn't sympathy. It was compassion. And it was compassion that, that gave legs to the sympathy and really helped us to move forward and to be where we are today. I think JoJo's going to come now.
Well, good morning. It is a joy and an honor to be with you guys this morning. And so uh, Zach has asked that I come this morning and bring a charge to the church. Now, I intend to be brief, Tom. <laughs> Tom's going to be following me. And uh, I know that uh, I need to make sure and protect his time. But I know probably when I talk about a charge to the church, uh, some folks might say, well, what is a charge to the church? Let me assure you, it has nothing to do with using a credit card. I'm not going to be charging something to the church today. A charge to the church has nothing to do with me blowing a trumpet charge and, and like in some sort of a military context. A charge to the church on a day like today, when God has answered prayers, when great things are happening, and it's a new season, is a word of encouragement. It's a challenge. And I think more than anything else for all of us, a challenge and encouragement to remember who we are and why God put us here. You know, it's a great question. If you ask the question today, why did God create not just Airline Baptist Church, but the church that we're a part of? It's meeting today all over the world, and that's impacting the whole world. Why did Jesus create the church? It's a great question. If you ask some people, he would say, some folks would say, well, we're supposed to, in our context, we're supposed to influence uh, elections and make sure that the right people get put in power in different places. And I think most of you would know, no, that's not why Jesus created the church. And some folks may say we're supposed to get involved in social justice movements and all these sorts of things. And yes, the Bible says a lot about justice, but I don't think that's why Jesus created the church. Some folks might say, well, the church is to meet on Sundays and gather together and encourage the faithful. Yes, 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 we are. We're doing it today. But by itself, that's not why Jesus created the church. Truth be told, when we talk about a charge to the church this morning, I'm not talking to Airline Baptist Church as an institution. When we speak about in the New Testament, what is the church? It's not talking about an institution. It's talking about people. It's talking about you and me. And the truth is, the church is not just what happens here on Sunday mornings when we gather. The church exists beyond Sunday morning. The church exists everywhere you go, whether it's in your place of business or in the school classroom, or whether it's in your home, your neighborhood, you are the church. And the question really is, what is it that God intends for us to do? Is it enough for you and me to go to work and say, well, hey, I, I, I do a good job. My boss is happy and my coworkers feel like I'm pulling my weight. I mean, that's a good thing. But is that what our purpose is, our calling is? Is that what Jesus envisions that we would do as members of his church? Or is it something more? I mean, here's a guy who says, you know, I, I keep my grass cut in my neighborhood. I mean, I don't cause trouble. I don't poke my nose in other people's business. Good for you. But I just have the question, is that what Jesus intends for the members of his church? It may be enough for other people, but is it enough for us? You know, I want to ask you to open your Bibles this morning for a brief time to the Gospel of Matthew in the fifth chapter. I won't read the entire text, but if you read the beginning in the 13th verse, this is what Jesus envisions for the church. And it's the heart of my charge to you this morning as you call a new pastor and link arms to minister in this community in the days ahead. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? 
It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. I'll take those words this morning, especially those words, you are the light of the world, and remind all of us this morning what God intends for us to be. This is a charge for the church. And I would say three simple things. The first is we need, as we think about our purpose and what God's called us to do, we need to be able and willing to look beyond what we see in front of us right now. Look beyond the present. If I think about people who make a difference in this world, it's almost always people who do not limit themselves to seeing just what's in front of them today. I think about our region, our community here, a guy like Eddie Staub who started Eagle Ranch. I don't know if you know his story years ago, how he started out just sleeping in his car, eating crackers because he had no money, no influence, but he had a vision for what could be in the future and God honored that vision. Or maybe you know the name Gene Beckstein who was the originator of what we now know as Good News at Noon. Initially, he didn't have all those resources. Initially, I mean, he's with the Lord now, but initially, he would just take single individual people who were homeless to his house, but he always had a vision that was not limited by what he could see right in front of him today. And I think about that when I think about Jesus as he spoke these words and said, you are the light of the world because so many of us do limit our vision to what we see right in front of us today. And we maximize our conversations about what our limitations are and what can't be done and what we don't have. But I think about Jesus as he spoke to that crowd that day and said, you are the light of the world. I mean, think about that crowd with me just for a couple of minutes. My guess is there were not very many politicians in that crowd, not many business owners, not many of the social elites. Jesus looks at a crowd on that day, people who were, by and large, plain, like me, penniless, powerless, and yet he does not see them for what they are today. He sees in them what they can be. I don't think he just sees how many there are in the crowd today. I think he is thinking about how many there one day will be. In short, he doesn't just see the limitations of today. Now, let me challenge you this morning as God's church, not just gathered, but scattered wherever you are. Whether you're in a third grade classroom someplace, whether you're a member of the high school band, you know, whether you are sitting at a desk in an accountant's office, wherever you are this week, let me challenge you. If your thought is, I, I don't know how I can change the world from my third grade classroom. Let me just challenge you to remember that the people Jesus spoke to that day probably had more power, or excuse me, had a lot less power than you and I have. But Jesus looked at those people and said, you are the light of the world. And I think he looks at you and me. And he believes with absolute certainty that beginning from where you are, whether it's that third grade classroom, whether it's that place in the high school band, whether it's that accountant's desk, anywhere else, beginning from where you are, you can become a person that changes the world. There's some folks in the crowd today who may look at Airline Baptist Church and want to emphasize and think about what's not here, how many resources we don't have. Maybe look around and say, well, there are some empty seats today. I, 
I'm sure you can do that, but let me just say, Jesus looks at Airline Baptist Church and he sees not just the present, he sees beyond the present. And he believes that beginning from where you are today as Airline Baptist Church, you can be the light of the world. Believe it. Look beyond the present. Now let me say also, we need to look at the present. We never fail to do that. And when I lived in a different house in a different place, I, back down in Gwinnett County one day, I, I realized some of our church members were coming to the house and we had a walkway that came from the driveway up and it was shielded from the street light because of some trees and essentially it was dangerous. So I went out to the Home Depot and I got these little sidewalk lights, you know, you put along the side of the, of the little walkway up to the front door. It doesn't take a genius to figure out, well, why do you put out lights? Because there's darkness. And if I ask the question, why does Jesus, when he's looking for an analogy to say, here's what the potential of God's church is. Here's what I want you to be. Why does he use this analogy and say, you are the light, when he could have used a hundred analogies? It doesn't take a rocket science, it's because he knows we live in a world that's full of darkness. I don't have time this morning to talk about all the different aspects of that. You know it, you encounter it in your family, you encounter it in your neighborhood, you encounter it at work, you encounter it when you read the news every day. Let me just say, you and I need to make sure we never lose touch with it. Because it's easy to lose touch with it. If you live in a home that has a mom and a dad and you're in an intact family, if you have a roof over your head, if you haven't missed a meal in a while, it's easy for us to isolate ourselves from the darkness that's all over the place around us in every different form, whether it be broken families, whether it be addictions of various types, whether it be kids that are aging out of foster care and becoming victims for human trafficking, there are a hundred varieties of this. And can I just say that if we're going to be lights, if we're going to be the light of the world, we cannot isolate ourselves from the darkness. We have to see it. We have to make sure we see it. We have to engage it. And my challenge and encouragement for Airline Baptist Church today is don't isolate yourself. Understand that you are to become the light of the world. You are to make a difference in darkness. The most basic kind of darkness is just lostness. And for every person who does not have a connection to God, a connection to Jesus Christ as Savior, for every person who is in that condition, they are disconnected from ultimate meaning, disconnected from hope, disconnected from an eternal purpose, that's darkness. And God did not put us here to make peace with darkness in any form. So look beyond the present. Believe that you can be the light of the world. Look at the present. Don't isolate yourself. Make sure that you see the realities around you and the difference you can make in them. And then the final question that comes is, how do we make that difference? We look beyond the darkness, we look at the darkness, and we stand out in the darkness. You know, there's this question, how do we make a difference? And what I need to 
encourage Airline Baptist Church to do and to be today as you begin to link arms with a new pastor? Maybe the first thing I need to say if I answer this question, how are we going to make that difference is, is how we're not going to do it. Jesus speaks here when he says you're the salt of the earth about something called losing your savor or becoming tasteless. You know, several years ago, I heard an interview with uh, Tom Brady's the football player, Tom Brady's then girlfriend. I don't know if they're still together now, but she was being interviewed and the topic came up about their relationship and how they were not married, but living together. And someone else in the conversation made a comment about how well they had uh, chosen to wait until marriage. And Tom Brady's girlfriend was pretty dismissive of that. She mocked it and said, Nobody does that anymore. Well, maybe so. But if nobody does that anymore, did you ever think that maybe that's one of the reasons that God's people should? Because the power to change the world does not come from being just like the world. When Jesus speaks of losing our Savior, that's what he's talking about. We're no longer distinctive. The power to change the world comes from being different from the world in a hundred ways. Not just in waiting till marriage, but in staying in our marriages. The power to change the world comes when we are distinctive to the point that people watch how we treat our marriages or they watch how we handle it when we're disappointed. They watch how we treat the cashier at a gas station. They watch when we suffer. They watch when we respond to other people who are suffering. They watch and they stand back and they say, they say wow, they're different. If I could say one thing to Airline Baptist Church today as you link arms with a new pastor and look toward the future, I would say read these words and take them with absolute seriousness. You are the light of the world. You look beyond today to see what God's going to do with you. Never lose touch with the darkness that's around you that God wants you to impact. And make a decision today to become the kind of person who is different than everybody else because that's where the power is. God bless you guys. Love you and looking forward to what God's going to do in the future. Thank you. If you would stand together and let's sing.
Well, good morning. Good morning. So happy to be here with you today. Thank you so much for the opportunity and the, uh, and the privilege to, uh, to speak today and to give a charge to your new pastor. You know, I was here many months ago, and I told you then that if you were faithful in your praying, diligent in your praying and your seeking, that God would send you his choice. As a matter of fact, you remember I told you that God had already picked out your senior pastor. And today we come to celebrate uh, his installation into this fine and noteworthy church. Forty-five years ago, 45 years ago, the greatest churchman that I ever knew, my daddy, gave me some words of advice when I announced to my family as a teenager that God had called me to preach. My father was a quiet man. He didn't speak hardly at all, but when he did, it was a value. Everyone in our little gum branch community would always want to know before they'd made any decision, what does Harry think? What does Harry think? That's the kind of dad I was privileged to grow up with. Sitting at the Sunday dinner table, having walked down the aisle that Sunday morning to our home church announcing to my pastor that I felt God had called me into the ministry, my dad didn't say a word until after grace, he looked up and he said, Tom, that's serious business. That's all my father said, that's all he ever said. He's with the Lord now in heaven. But those words ring true to my ear, and Zach, I hope they'll ring true to yours. What you are embarking on is serious business. Today I want to offer you just a brief charge. First, I want to charge you, my brother, to faithfully preach God's Word. 2 Timothy reminds us, preach the Word. Be ready in season and out of season. Rebuke, reprove, exhort, and with all patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions. And they will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. Do not flinch, Zach. Do not flinch in proclaiming the hard truth even of God's Word. The history of Christianity is closely linked to preachers and preaching. You know them from Peter to Paul to Augustine to, uh, Augustine, to Luther to Calvin to Wesley to Winfield to Spurgeon to Mooney. Preaching and preachers have always been the bellwether of church health. When preaching thrives, the church thrives. When preaching wanes, the church languishes into weakness. Now, I know you, Zach, and I know that you'll have a vision and you'll have lots of ideas and lots of impressions about what to do and how to do it, and you'll create new ministries in this church with your wonderful staff and, and your people. But I can tell you this, 
Nothing of true value spiritually will happen without faithful pastors who are teaching their congregations the truth of God's Word. When pastors faithfully and systematically preach the Word of God, the people flourish and they hear the voice of the Spirit and He leads them into their callings. Zach, be faithful first to the gospel of Jesus. Never, never back up on Jesus. Not to please any person or not to gain any advantage. Remember, this is the Lord's church and it requires the Lord's gospel for it to flourish. I hope with all my strength and heart, Zach, that you'll never hear the indictment of Paul's word recorded in Galatians when he said, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and are now turning to a different gospel, which is no gospel at all. I pray to God Almighty that you'll never hear that indictment from the Spirit that you'll be faithful to preach the, the Word of God. Because you see, you must be brave and you must be steadfast and you must be uncompromising in preaching the gospel of Jesus. Because, Zach, the gospel of Jesus is what saves. The gospel of Jesus is what guards. The gospel of Jesus is what shapes. Don't ever back up on Jesus. Not for any person or for any gain. Live your life and your ministry for the audience of one so that when you're in with your life, like David, as it said in the book of Acts, he served God in his generation and then he died. Be faithful. Never back up on Jesus, not for any person or any gain. Live your life for an audience of one so that you might hear Jesus say one day, well done. You were a good and faithful servant. Preach the word of God. Secondly, I'm going to remind you of this important truth. Do not neglect your family. It is not God's will for you to sacrifice your family to be the pastor of Airline Baptist Church. It will never be God's will for you to sacrifice your family to be the pastor of Airline Baptist Church. Do not neglect your family. Remember that your marriage is your first ministry. Your marriage is your first ministry. Those in your home are your closest neighbors. Love your wife as Christ loved the church. Don't neglect your family. Your vocational witness for Jesus will be nullified if you neglect your family. It won't matter. And finally, I'll say this to you, Zach. Abide and godly living. 
I was on the radio this past week and someone called in and said, what is woke? I said, I don't know except when I see it. Well, godly living, you'll know it. You know how to live, how to walk in this world. Remember the words of Scripture, 1, Peter, or 1 Timothy 4, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the ways of sinner, nor sits in the seats of scoffers, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on it he meditates day and night. Abide in godly living. Zach, today in the presence of your wife, your family, your friends, your church, but more importantly, most importantly, in the presence of Jesus, I charge you to faithfully preach God's Word. Pursue sound biblical doctrine. Do not neglect your family. Abide in godly living. And if all of this is too much on a Sunday morning, I'll remind you of Acts 2.42. It's quite simple, this charge. The Bible says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. That's it. May God bless you in this ministry. These are your sheep under your charge. Love them. Tell them the truth. Speak the truth in love. Do not neglect your family. Live wisely and always seek to honor God. Never, never back up on Jesus. God's people said, Amen. Amen. Uh, as we get this journey started, it's, it's been an interesting journey to say the least as we've tried to navigate. I know I shared last time I was with you, just navigating this adoption process and, and figuring out what all, of, what all that looked like. Um, but it was a blessing to know and just in conversations with the search team that they were supportive of that. But then as well to know the leadership that was present here at the church, that the church wasn't going lacking. And I, I am one to give honor where honor is due and to, to be in conversation with Clint and Mike regularly. I knew the church was in good hands before we got here. And that was a blessing to know and we wanna honor them. And also this morning, what a privilege it is to have Jojo and Dr. Tom here. I, I got to know uh, Jojo over a decade ago, which is weird to be in a season of life where you talk about decades ago. Uh, we were running around the city dump in Guatemala City together. Um, and so you really get to know someone when you've been running through a city dump in a third world country. And so... It was JoJo who I had a conversation with early last year, just kind of 
saying, I think God may be leading us back home to Georgia. And so we had that conversation and never heard anything back from JoJo. Then all of a sudden in the summer, I get a phone call from Rick saying, we got your resume. And so JoJo had passed that along and one thing led to another and now we are here. And then also Dr. Tom, Dr. Tom means the world to us. We, uh, from, from our time at Lakewood and interning there, um, Dr. Tom was always the one, he could build you up. Well, I remember a few times I preached there, he would look over my outline and my notes and give me feedback and he would, he would say things like, I couldn't, I, th that's better than I could do it. And I, I knew he was, wasn't telling the truth, but he was just trying to encourage and build you up. But he also had a, had a way of going about bringing you back down as well. He could, he could inflate the balloon, but he could also deflate it pretty well. Um, I'll never forget, we were, that it was one evening I was going, I was planning a, a thing where I was going to propose to Whitney. And we had a church event, and we were baptizing some, some kids and told Dr. Tom, I said, after the event, we're, we're going to go back to, to the student center, and I'm, I've got some cakes there. I'm going I'm to propose to Whitney. I, I would love for you to be there if you could. And he said, certainly. But what happens if she says no? <laughs> and I go, I, I didn't think about that. Is this something I need to actively have a plan for? If, I guess if she says no, I'm just going to slowly make my way out the door and just walk up Thompson Bridge till I find somewhere to land. Uh, and so I hadn't, that didn't cross my mind until that conversation with Dr. Tom, but he, he means the world to us and his influence in our life. I, I don't know that he'll ever know how much he really does mean to us. And so, Dr. Tom and, and JoJo, y'all's words today, I can't tell you how much I appreciate y'all being here on a day like today. But church, I'm, I'm going to attempt to be brief this morning, and it's really, it's really not a vision that I'm going to present, but I just want to share my heart with you in what I'm praying for. And three things. First, I'm praying that we would be a church of vibrant worship. Here's what I mean by that, that when it comes time for the public worship gathering, that there's some excitement and some energy in the air that we're going to see what God is going to do today. That we're going to gather together as a public group and we're going to lift up praises to the sovereign Lord of the universe, the creator and sustainer of all things. That should create some excitement. But then not only that, we're going to gather together. We're going to break open his word and see what God has to say to us that day. That should create some excitement. That we look forward to gathering together to lift him up and to break open his word. But not only that, I'm praying we have vibrant worship in private. Paul instructs the Corinthian church to, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. You know what takes care of public worship when private worship has taken place throughout the week? 
And that worship is more than a song. It's more than, than a stanza. Worship is a life that we live. That whatever we do, we do so for the glory of God. So on my commute to work, that is a time of worship. When I'm at work, that is a time of worship. When I'm home with my children, that's a time of worship. That I'm doing those things for God's glory. And I absolutely love over the past few weeks what Clint has been preaching about. Because really that has to do with our view of God and how great and how mighty he is. You see, it's a small God that's only worthy of worship a couple hours a week. It's a small God that's worthy of worship for an hour on Sunday and maybe an hour on Wednesday. That's a small God. But when my view of God grows and expands, all of a sudden I go, God's worthy of worship at 6 a.m. on Monday as well. As my view of God grows and expands, I, I go, God's worthy of worship at 5.30 on Tuesday as well. And God's worthy of worship at 10 o'clock on Wednesday. And God's worthy of worship at 7 o'clock on Thursday when I'm home with the kids. And we could go on and on that God's worthy of worship on Saturday when I'm at the golf course. God's worthy of worship as my view of him grows and expands. And so that we would be a church of vibrant worship inside of these walls and outside of the walls. But then second, <coughs> that we would be a church of authentic relationships and radical hospitality. What do I mean by that? Authentic relationships. Paul tells the Galatians to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Christianity is not the type of thing that's a fake it till you make it. If you come in here with a limp, it is our job and our responsibility and our duty as brothers and sisters in Christ to pick you up by the arms and walk alongside you until the limp goes away. That's authentic relationships. It does you and I no good to pretend that the limp is not there. We want to walk alongside one another on the good days and the bad days. But not only authentic relationships, but radical hospitality. I love what Paul encourages the Romans to love one another with brotherly, love, brotherly affection and outdo one another in showing honor. The Greek term there for outdo is a rather interesting one. It means a excitement to lead in a particular area. So really what is Paul saying? That we should desire to be first in putting others first. That's what it means to outdo in showing honor. That I want to be the first person to put you first that I elevate you above myself. That's the type of radical hospitality the church should be known for. 
Could you imagine just for a moment, just kind of to think through this. Imagine we're, it's a Sunday morning and, and Clint is getting out of his vehicle and walking to the front door. And I park my vehicle and out of the corner of Clint's eye, he sees me, my big butt sprinting across the parking lot to get to the door before him. And I make it to the door. I catch my breath for a second because I'm not designed to run sprints. And I do all of that simply so I can open the door for him. I think that would be a blessing. He may be a little concerned as to why I was sprinting across the church parking lot. But I went out of my way to serve him. What is that doing? That's outdoing one another and showing honor. That I seek to elevate you above myself. That's radical hospitality. But then lastly, church, that we would be a church of commission centrality. We exist because of the great commission. We exist to make disciples. We exist to be the city on the hill, a light to the world. That's why we exist. And even going all the way back, I, I love the, the email Mike sent out this week, the early days of Airline Baptist Church, all the way back into the late 1800s, which is about the time you started at Lakewood, right? Okay. August. <laughs> Going all the way back then, God placed Airline Baptist Church for a reason and a purpose. And going to what JoJo shared, even all the way back in 1874, when God placed Airline Baptist Church here, he placed it there to meet the need in 1874, but God also knew that there would be a community around Airline Baptist Church in 2023 that needed the gospel. And so he placed the church here. And throughout that span of time, the mission has not changed. Things may look different than it did. The log cabin-esque look. There's AC and padded pews. Praise the Lord for that. But the mission is still the same. Church, when we look outside the doors at our community, uh, you can throw a rock and hit some type of industry. They need the gospel. Within a 10-minute drive, I don't even know how many schools there are. They need the gospel. And so what do we strive to do to be a commission central church, to understand that we exist for the community, not in spite of it? That we are not here in spite of the community, but we're here for it. And can I say this as well, and this, I'm going to say this, and it may come as a shock to you, that we exist for the community rather than despite the community. But we also exist 
for a healthy loss of members and healthy church splits. Here's what I'm praying for, church. Down the road as we grow and see what the Lord does, I'm, I'm praying God calls men into the ministry. And that we as a church commission those men to go out and pastor and serve as youth pastors and serve as music ministers, whatever the case may be. And we are sending people out that God uses Airline Baptist Church to send missionaries to the uttermost parts of the world. And we send people out. That God calls church planners out of Airline Baptist Church. And we send them out. Why? Because we do not exist to hoard resources, but to send them out to fulfill the great commission. So church, this is what I'm praying for, that we would be a church of vibrant worship, authentic relationships and radical hospitality, and then a church of commission centrality. And so as we Prepare to close in just a moment. I want to ask you if you would just join me in praying to that end. To pray for Airline Baptist Church as we enter into this new season. And I can't tell you how honored I am and how excited we are to be here. And to see what God has in store for this body of believers. So would you join me in praying for those things? Praying that we would be a church of vibrant worship. Praying that we would be a church of authentic relationships and radical hospitality. And then praying that we would be a church of commission centrality. So as Mike and the band comes back to lead us, We'll have a time of response. If you want to come pray, there will be people to pray with you. Um, I'll probably be praying myself. But there will be folks to pray with you. Clint will be over here. But I just want to take time to pray to that end. To pray for those points. Most importantly, to pray that we would be the church that God has called us to be. Not my desires, not the deacon's desires, not the Sunday school teacher's desires, but that we would be the church that God has called us to be. That we would be the church that God has placed us here to be, to reach the community that God has called us to. Would you join me in praying for that today? I invite you to stand as we respond. I hear the Savior say, Thy strength indeed is small. Child of weakness, watch and pray. Find in me thy all in all. Jesus faded all, all to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain, he was.
You guys can have a seat real quick. So we have a uh, lunch uh, down the hill, and we're well inviting everyone to come be part of that. But before we uh, before we go do that, I just wanted to kind of kind of a funny story. So um, one, I want to thank all of your prayers through through this this time. Uh, I want to thank the leadership of Clint, uh, Chip. Um, so many more, Mike as well, um, Jojo and Levi, that they've, they've all been a huge part of this process. So just wanted to thank everyone. I also want to thank the search committee. Uh, I'm thankful to be part of that. Um, I've said it before uh, that I didn't want to do that um, and I'm still waiting on my paycheck, but, um, but I'm just really, really thankful to be part of that. And I'm really thankful for the relationships that we've built as that search committee. And thank you for putting up with me as your chairman. I know I'm not easy sometimes, most of the time. Um, I remember when we first received a, a handful of resumes and we started looking at those and praying through those. And um, someone made the comment like, you and Zach kind of look alike. I don't know what, uh, we had dark hair, we both have beards, you know, and we, there's not, like, his stats aren't there, you know, his, his height and all that stuff, so, but they're like, you guys look like, yeah, a little bit, okay, I can see, maybe. Um, when we interviewed him uh, on campus here, uh, I remember we were all kind of waiting outside, like, eager, eagerly waiting along uh, for him, uh, and they pulled up in their SUV, and, uh, and he opened the door and stood up. And he kept standing, and he kept standing, and he kept standing. 
And David, I, I'll, I'll remember this forever. David looks at me and he goes, ain't nobody going to get y'all confused. <laughs> so I, I just thought that was really, really funny. So, um, but uh, again, thank you guys. We look forward to, to the mill down the hill with y'all. Um, Zach, I'm really looking forward to this, this, uh, this season uh, and, and serving alongside you as our lead pastor. I, uh, we've, we've come become such great friends through this and, and I've, I just look forward to our kids becoming friends. I look forward to serving uh, East Hall and, and Hall County. So uh, thank you so much. Let's pray and, and, we'll, and we'll depart. So Father, we love you. We thank you. And I'm so excited, uh, so excited for this next season. Uh, 20, 2022 was, was difficult, Lord, and, and there's there's no sign that 2023 is going to be any easier, uh, but I pray that you, uh, as you did in 2022, that you continue to sustain us and, and help push us and motivate us to get after the business that you've called us to do, Lord. Pray that you uh, just uh, ignite, ignite a spark in us, Lord, that, that we get hungry to win souls, Lord, for, for you, Lord. Um, so I'm just so thankful to, to have Zach here, Whitney here, their family, Lord, and, and excited for what you're going to do uh, at Airline Baptist Church and throughout the community and ultimately throughout the nations, Lord. So we love you so much. Uh, thank you for the meal that you provided. Thank you for the, for the hands that have put that together, Lord. Thank you for uh, just all the, the leadership that took that it took to put that together. So um, we just pray that you blessed our bodies and our bodies to your service. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.